The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. LL Pavorsky Jewelers for Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners going to get engaged. And Kinetic Skateboarding, where you can get the Ricky X gear for about a week longer. Uh, we'll get to that in a second at kineticskateboarding.com. On the show today... The hardened hostage situation continues, this time at the Michael Rubin White Party, but our own personal hostage situation continues for at least one year more as the Sixers re-sign Montrez Harrell. Did come right after we got one small piece of moderately good news as they signed Mo Bamba, which actually sounds just even more hilarious in retrospect. Some listeners want the Sixers to trade Joel and some further important questions about Mike's coaching championship. I did mention Ricky X gear. So we have the long sleeve shirt, long sleeve t-shirt, very high quality, which is available till, uh, I think the 14th or the 15th or something like that. Go to kineticskateboarding.com. It's our first ever long sleeve to celebrate the 10 year anniversary of the Ricky. We'll have our 10 year anniversary episode Wednesday night. And then we have about 80 of the prints that Abby made left only 250 of them. They have 48 different weird rights to Ricky and Sixers references for the last 10 years in there. Um, there's even a key online that you can see what everything is. So just go to kineticskateboarding.com and search rights to Ricky Sanchez and they'll come up and, uh, and get them. One other thing to mention, the basketball tournament is coming to Philadelphia. Our very own Jake Pavorsky has worked for TBT for years and bringing it to Philly for the semifinals, August 2nd and August 3rd at Drexel. You might ask, is Thomas Robinson, is T-Rob going to be there? He is. Casper Ware, yes. Earl Clark, yes. Well, that's if, if they're in the semifinals, but they're all playing in TBT this year. The 10th year of TBT, just like the 10th year of the Ricky. Also a dunk contest where instead of just dunking on nobody, they dunk on somebody, that will be there as well. We have a special Ricky deal for TBT, the semifinals. Go to, I'll put this link in the description to make it a little easier, but the tournament.com slash TBT slash BOGO and use the code TBT BOGO for buy one, get one, get one free tickets. I think the tickets are 35 bucks. So buy one, get one free is awesome. So again, the tournament.com slash TBT slash BOGO and use the code TBT BOGO for buy one, get one free tickets for the basketball tournament. August 2nd, August 3rd at Drexel. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy that desperate times call for desperate measures, and that means going back to the basket of masks. That is one Mike Levin. 
This Mike. fucking sucks. <laughs> Mike, I would like to intro the Montrose Herald portion of the pod. Why? With, with a <laughs> with I thought a a two voicemail uh run that I think says everything about the decision to or decision we'll get into why to re-sign Montrose Harrell. Says everything. Hey, Spike, Mike, and CJ, this is Pete, and I'm calling to say I believe that the curse has been lifted. Yesterday, the Sixers signed Mo Bamba, and Mo Bamba might not even be good, but he is not an old, washed, plotting non-shooter that the whole league's been out on for over two years to back up Embiid. I'm going to call the roll right now and say the names. Samir Johnson, Greg Monroe, Dwight Howard, Andre Drummond, DeAndre Jordan, Montrez Harrell. It happened six horrific times. But now it's not happening. The curse is broken. The witch is dead. Now, you see, anything can happen. Don't you agree? We're free. Hey, this is Peter. What the fucking hell? I, I, I made this. I, I called you with the whole... Which is dead, and, and and we're not gonna have a a Montrez Harrell. We're gonna sign Montrez Harrell. Why? What did Montrez Harrell do to suggest signing him? What is? What? Oh God! Thank God the Phillies are hot right now. This is terrible. I can't believe it. <sighs> Mike, your comment. Forgot Kyle Quinn also. Oh, I did forget Kylo Quinn. We had, we had big hopes, I thought, for Kylo Quinn. He did go to, didn't he go to uh, Norfolk State? No, 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 no. Uh, what's the thing when you turn thirteen? Bar mitzvah. Um, yeah, didn't he go to a couple of bar mitzvahs? Kylo Quinn. I don't know. Like kids' bar mitzvahs. I thought I he, hope did. he did. That sounds yeah. like a fun time. Anyway, here we I are. I mean, so okay. Here's what I think happened, and I, I have to say this because. Otherwise, no. I'll explode. Yeah. Um, Trez had an option, a player yes. option, that a few weeks ago he declined. Yep. Which was which I reacted to very pleased. And I was a little confused because it didn't feel like there would be a market for him. Right. But maybe he just knew that, I was hoping, that he just knew that there's not going to be playing time He's still 29 years old somehow. Yep. And he wanted to go someplace that would give him another minimum contract, but with playing time. And a little more money because the minimum is higher, as we mentioned on that pod. The minimum is higher this year than what he was signed for. But his cap hold would have been... Correct. Less. Even higher than that. So what I think happened is they told him, go try to find another deal and we promise we will give you a minimum contract for more money, but for a lower cap hold. Yes. If you can't find one that you like. The cap hold would have been like the full 2.7 something million dollars. And the cap hold now is like $2 million, even though he gets paid more. Now, Mike, I am not a told you so guy, but on that podcast, I don't know if you remember, but I did say to you that there was a significant possibility that the Sixers would sign Montrezl Harrell again. Yeah, the fact that they made you write out of it is even worse. It makes it obviously way worse for me. Um, (laughs) 
he's just he's just the, at this point projected to be the worst player in the league. Like he was he was horrendous last season, and his finishing at the rim was obviously way worse than his career averages or any point in his career. And I guess for sometimes you, for shooters, you can go like, Oh, well that'll normalize, but not for big men who only dunk. He can't jump anymore. He has no athleticism anymore. He could never defend. He doesn't shoot anymore. He never shot from three. He used to have this like 16 footer face up game. He doesn't do that. He has absolutely no value on the basketball court anymore. He doesn't rebound. Occasionally he'll have an offensive rebound or two, but like at least the names of the other guy listed Deandre Jordan, Dwight Howard, at least they were tall. He's not even tall. He's six, seven. He is the third signed player, third signed only center to the roster. That means with B-ball Paul restricted free agency, still waiting Philip Petrushev, like still potentially going to get a real contract who, even though he sucks, like, how many centers does this that how many fucking centers do we need? What are we doing? It is I, I, I can't even like get to the level of anger that I that I want to because I I have to watch out for my heart health here. But like truly well, but- some of the dumbest. This is just the dumbest signing in, in world history. Like it's for the minimum, obviously, but every fucking offseason you can play a contract, an, a podcast where we say, well, it's for the minimum. Daryl doesn't fundamentally care about the backup center. Uh, position. He's wrong, obviously, to do so. He's very obviously wrong here. I don't know if he has the history of being able to watch previous seasons, if they can get that in the Sixers facility, but like you can show him playoffs of the past when Embiid sat and watch what the game looked like then. It's worse. Uh, I obviously like the Obama signing. He might not be good, but at least he is tall. He blocks shots and he shoots threes. He shot 38% from through the past two years, which is nice. I want it more on volume. But like there's there's fundamentally zero purpose to signing Trez. It is a waste of a roster spot. It is another waste of a roster spot for a team that has given away useful young players instead of allowing them to develop here and hopefully use them in trade trade pieces as a sweetener. It's there's no there's I, no rationale. It is f- the on top of everything else with this season already this offseason that has been horrible. Like it is fundamentally folding and not understanding. Like sometimes you just need something different. Sometimes you just need the hope of something better. And there is no there is absolutely no shred, no iota of hope that Montrez Harrell could help this team in any way on the basketball court. Maybe he's. Funny as hell in the locker room. I don't know. I don't feel feel like that's that valuable to the encore product. But there's no way that he will do anything useful on a basketball court this season. And having him waste a roster spot is repulsive. And you could talk about the Harden point of it, of him wanting to do with Harden. I think this means they're not going to sign B-Ball Paul because they're going to keep their uh, cap sheet clear going forward in the years to come. And so I, we're just back. We're just back. We're back here. We're back here with the Hold same on. team, right. but worse. Okay, okay, okay and okay. it sucks. I, I, th- I, I'm actually gonna. I agree with everything you said with him as a player, but here's the reality: he was going to be on the team when they signed him last year with the player option. He was going to be on the team. So even though there is a bit of a, to use it, an overused 
metaphor, the, the Lucy pulling the, the ball away from Charlie Brown, even though we were tricked into thinking he wasn't going to be here, I think he was just always going to be here. He had a player option. Nobody was going to sign him. They, he likely, as you said, likely said, well, I'm just going to opt in. And they were like, well, if you opt out, we'll give you more money and you'll count less. I just think it was a, a, a necessary evil. I, I actually take more positive out it's of not, them signing. Definitely not necessary. Well, I, I actually take more positive out of them signing Mo Bamba than, than negative out of Trez coming back, to be honest with you. Like, I, I thought the Mo Bamba thing, to your point, is exactly what you would want. You would want them to try something with a minimum rather than try something, try something yeah. that might work rather than try something that they know won't, which is another thing I agree with is that we have told Daryl when he says to us, it's just a minimum contract on a veteran. It's just backup center. We tell him he's wrong. We've been proven right that he's wrong on that. I agree. But the, I actually, I, I do. I take more, a little more solace in this fucking terrible off season, a little more solace in them signing Mo Bamba than the fact that Trez was coming back. Cause I just assumed Trez was coming back even, but I'm not talking about, I wasn't sure that he was coming back after he opted out, but I was, if you had asked me a week before he opted out, I think you had asked all of us, we'd be like, oh, he's opting in. There's no way he's not opting in. So I'd already just like committed that roster spot to Montrose Harrell. And I just, I can't imagine to just to further it a little bit. I just can't imagine Nick Nurse will play him. I can't imagine any situation in which Nick Nurse, unless the Sixers are down by 50, you know, uh, in the fourth quarter and he doesn't want anybody else to get hurt. I just, I, I have faith that Nick Nurse is not going to play Montrezl Harrell. So it's maybe. I mean, that yeah. means it beats playing like seventy-seven minutes a game. Um, I really, I don't think Bebo Paul is going to be here. I don't think that they're going to give him multiple years. I think they're probably going to. Maybe there's a sign and trade possibility. I was looking at you know Utah was reported. I was thinking maybe a Kelly Olynyk sign and trade or something. But like which which I would like. I would like. I like Kelly Olynyk. I think he would be helpful to this team. But. We have a young guy who's Joel's backup, who's the first good Joel backup in his life, and we're going to get rid of him. I think Bamba could be like Bamba B-Ball Paul as like a as like a weird four or five backing up Joel. It gives them options. Nick Nurse loves love to play like Chris Boucher and Presses Achua at the same time. Um, I think he likes that length um, and the fact that Bamba can shoot makes it possible. Uh, obviously, B-Ball Paul can take uh, multi-step step back threes, uh, as we've seen. I wonder if he could take some off the catch would be nice. Maybe whoever's running those practices for him and those children. Yeah, I was um, going to say, you got to get the children into the game. Yeah, got to well. get the children. Let, them, let the children pass on the ball. That'd be nice. Uh, and I just think, like, fundamentally, you know, the offseason is not is is not over yet. Where there's the, the hardened thing is hanging over everything. But yep. they lost George Niang. They lost Jalen McDaniels. They lost Shake. Yep. They added Mo Bamba and Patrick Beverly and a year older from James Harden they, and PJ Tucker. They haven't traded Tobias yet. Uh, they've just fundamentally gotten worse so far, like inarguably. And if B-Ball Paul leaves, they definitely have. Uh, it's just, it's an unpleasant team right now. It, um, if there's something up somebody's sleeve, there was a report from, I think it was Windhorst. It was like, there's something up Daryl's sleeve. And then like an hour later, it was like Montrez is resigning for I, the minimum. <laughs> and I was like, that this is the worst sleeve I've ever seen in my life. 
I, and he seems like a good dude. Fucking Trez. I don't want. I don't like bashing him as a, as a person. He's just like fu- I loved him as a prospect. I loved. Him. I saw him in Adidas Nations in like 2014. He was so athletic and so cool. And he's just not anymore. Well, he plays almost when you realize he's 29. He plays almost as if he was in a giant car accident in which he almost died, and they never thought he would walk again. And he went through one year of rehab and no one ever thought he would do it again. And he actually got back on the basketball court like that. That is how drastic he looks as a 29 year old, how drastic yeah. his his physicality and his athleticism has been drained. Yeah, it's, it's actually, just like it's he's such a, th- a throw, a stupidly throwback player for him to be at, like in the league right now as a six, seven center that doesn't shoot or defend. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. What, what, what are we talking about? What what is this? Where where is any modern indication that this guy at this stage in his career should be on an NBA team? He should absolutely be playing overseas, so far overseas in the ocean. Like there's no version where he's helpful to modern basketball. There's not. But he seems like a nice guy, and I feel bad saying that. Yeah, you know, I I mean, every champion has a nice guy on the roster who doesn't play. So yeah, I mean, DeAndre Jordan won a championship, so maybe I'm a fucking idiot. I don't, and and I don't by know. the way, what's his fuck in Miami was on the other team and is every year the uh, the the mascot they have. What's his name? Uh, Haslam. Yeah, Haslam. Udonis Haslam. We'll get to Mo Bomber right after we talk about a guy who we may use. We may sign him, Cornblow and Cornblow, to. Uh, to sue the Sixers if uh, if the if the situation doesn't resolve itself correctly. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Mike, did you happen to see the the television show, the Max show, Love and Death? Did you happen to see that? I watched it. So this is related to Cornblow and Cornblow. It's about this woman in the '80s who killed another woman on her street, and um, she ends up using a guy that goes to her church that is not a trial lawyer and not a criminal lawyer. He is a personal injury lawyer and he gets her off by saying it was self-defense. And never have I been more sure that if I am ever wrongly accused of murder, that I will not get a, a, a person who specializes in that. I will just call Cornblow to do it because it's been didn't, proven. Didn't she do it in the show though? Didn't she do it? Well, she did it, but it was like, so he argued self-defense. So okay. she killed her, but did not murder her. Uh, it was actually, it was compelling. I thought the case that he made was actually really compelling. So anyway, it was a good show. I really enjoyed it. In any case, court, this is not about love and death. It's about Cornblow and Cornblow. I'm not telling you if you're accused of murder to go to Cornblow, but what I am telling you is, is that you hear about a lot of personal injury attorneys and only one of them is approved by us. Only one of them is going to make sure that he takes the time energy, um, care to make sure that not only do you get what you are entitled to, but you are comfortable throughout the entire process by knowing that if you call Cornblow and Cornblow, that's who you're getting. You're getting a Cornblow. A lot of these other personal injury attorneys that you see on billboards, here on commercials, they're really just referral services. That's why in the commercial, they sometimes say that they're not even licensed in your state. Cornblow is licensed. He's got offices all over the Delaware Valley, but we'll come to you if he needs to. That's the kind of personal service you're going to get. So if you've been injured at work or if you have been um, with car accident, slip and fall, any of those things, uh, Cornblow and Cornblow is who you want to reach out to. Or if you are wrongly accused of murder, 215-576-7200, ask for Adam or email Cornblow, K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U at Cornblow and Cornblow.com. 
Hornblau and Cornblau, the official law firm of the process. To get you in a better mood, you know, Mo Bamba, the last time I, I seriously thought about Mo Bamba was when he was a draft pick. And, uh, you know, he ended up on the Lakers last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, what has he, you know, as a prospect, obviously really big, uh, a decent athlete, could shoot, ended up, I, didn't he, wasn't he connected with Embiid somehow? There was like a run, I remember watching. Yeah, they worked out together, they're friends. Yeah. So what has happened between him being drafted and today in his development to make him just sort of like an also ran? Like what hasn't happened and what has happened, do you think? Um, he hasn't, you know, he was on the team with Orlando for the most part of his career of being a lot of just a ton of big guys all the time. So I yep. think Wendell Carter Jr. was just a better player um, and was just a more cohesive offensive player and sort of knew where to be a little bit more defensively. He's had moments. Um, he's a pretty good shot blocker. I mean, you would imagine at his size he would be. Um, and his... For, for the most for the most time in Orlando, he shot like 32, 33% from three uh, and not as on, on much volume as you'd want there to be there. Um, he's just kind of, he's just a little bit stiff. He's not as athletic yeah. as, as you would want him to be, uh, you know, as a, as a big guy. He's not a really great lob threat. He'll catch some, but like not as many, as many as you'd want from that. Um, yeah, he's just okay. He's just, he's just okay. I think there's a chance that he plays well enough. Like if I'm, if I'm him, I'm looking at like, what does miles Turner do? Can I do exactly that? Um, and yeah, so he just needs to be a three and D center, which entails a lot of pick and pop some decent lobs and just like not trying to do literally anything else. Like don't, don't dribble. He shouldn't, mm-hmm. he shouldn't have to dribble. There's plenty of guys that can dribble, but I think uh, I'm excited. I'm interested prior to the, Trez resigning that would uh, set me back, age me by forty years or so. Um, I was interested to see what Nick Nurse is going to do with Bamba and like, do you play him with B-ball Paul? Do you play him with Embiid for a, a little bit here and there, just to get a little bit of size, athleticism? Like he's a really good defensive rebounder. Um, yeah, they just. It's hard to get excited about it. I liked I liked the signing, and then and now we're back. Like look, like just I'm looking at the roster right here. I moved to Trez to the 15th guy in the roster. I had to. I'm looking. I have a nice little chart here. There's color coded. It's a whole thing. But like, who is athletic on the roster? You know it's who would have been athletic, by the way, who I saw yesterday is <laughs> Julian Champagne. He looks pretty athletic. He does look really good. He does yeah. look really good. Add him to the list of players. He was he really was so bad in, in summer league for us and had never was. really didn't do anything. And he's gotten he just looks way more confident and and like plays within the flow of the game and he moves off the ball, all that stuff. That would have been really helpful. Spurs signed him to a really nice contract. Just another guy that could have de- developed here. That is not. Um, but aside anyway, from I'm that, sorry, like go through the roster, yeah, it's just there's nobody, there's nobody athletic. It, it's Melton who is athletic but undersized. It's House who's athletic but like chaotic, and it's Jaden Springer who's athletic but maybe bad. Like nobody else is athletic. It's a basketball team. There should be some athleticism on a basketball team. It's it's honestly, you know, McDaniel's Jalen McDaniel's had a couple of moments last year, but overall was not very good. And and who knows, by the way, if he even wanted to be here. You know, he, he can sign wherever he wants. He was an unrestricted free agent. But, like, you look at the roster and think about that thing, the athleticism, and it it honestly makes you think, like, why did 
Peyton, you just signed McDaniel so you could have somebody who could run and jump on the roster. I, you, you made the point earlier that the offseason is not over, and it isn't. But man, it is hard to get your brain from point A to point B to tell yourself, okay, I'm not happy now, but at the end of October, I will be happy. Do you oh, know no. what I mean? Like, it'll take some catastrophic sort of changes to be there. I'm taking that off the table. The idea of me being happy with this team. And I want, I want like us all to keep ourselves in check. And if the regular season goes like, I, I want to never believe in this team unless something, unless something huge happens, then, then we can reassess. But I want to absolutely at no point during this season, believe in this team. I just can't bring myself to do it again. If they bring this team back, with these people here, aside from unless, if there's a couple little free agent signings or a couple little tiny trades, or even if they t- trade Tobias for like a couple little pieces here and there that make a little bit more sense or more quick shooting, whatever, I never want to believe in this team as currently constructed. I, I, I don't want to be allowed to. So the idea of Mike is back, Mike's never back. Mike's gone. You're never seeing him again. I, don't, I can't do it. I cannot believe that people that are getting paid so well and think about this, probably I'm assuming more than I do have decided that this is the best path forward. Again, if something big changes and there is something other than like a decrepit Montrez Harrell up Daryl sleeve, then I will reassess. But as it stands, absolutely 100% out on this team. And I shouldn't be. Because Joel Embiid was the MVP last year. And the idea that we go like, well, like he's just not, he just might not be the guy or well, like we have to, this is what we have to suffer through. He's the most valuable player last year after finishing second, two years before that. It's, it is not a foregone conclusion that this team shouldn't, shouldn't contend because they just don't have a way to do it. They absolutely should. At some point over the last five, six years, and including this year, they absolutely should. But through a host of bad decisions from bad front offices and people that are doubling down or whatever, like, I know Daryl wants to win a championship. I know Daryl wouldn't trade Harden for less of a chance to do that, but they're not going to win one with Harden here. There's a 0% chance of that happening. And I just can't until he's gone or there's some different look around Joel and Maxi and some fucking athleticism for the love of God. I can't be on this team. I'm out. Out for good. I think that something that has happened in this offseason is something that we've all said out loud, but but has never really come to pass. Like we've never really had to reckon with it, honestly, is that. We would always, the last couple of years, we'd go into the offseason and go, hey, their options are really limited because of the last, you know, six years of moves, because of their, the lack of draft picks they have, because of the lack of young players they have, untradeable contracts, like yada, yada, yada. Uh, and because of what happened with Ben Simmons, because of all those things, we would go, hey, their options are really limited here. Their options are really limited. And I think this offseason, in a lot of ways has been the like the dam breaking on that because so much depends on 
this is how bleak it is. So much depends on the idea that one of two things happens. Either they're able to, let's say one of three things. One, they're able to trick some team into giving them truly valuable things for James Harden. That's the one option. That's the one way out of this. Second way out of this would be that James Harden comes back, is enlightened, has changed, has become the guy that he never was, and blah, no. blah, 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 blah. That's, no, no, no. I'm just saying that these are the only paths. And then path three would be somehow uh, Tyrese Maxey taking the leap of all leaps to becoming a, like literally, a top 12 player in the NBA to be able to carry them offensively. Like those are the only paths. Now there is path four, but that doesn't have anything to do with this off season. Path four is Harden comes back. He stinks in the playoffs. Tobias comes back. He's Tobias. They both leave and somehow, and we'll get into the possibility of this, but I think it's very low. Somehow they're able to use that cap space to like attract somebody. But I think after all these years of all of these things happening, they've finally come to a part where, you know, that phrase puncher's chance, like that's really what it is. Like they are, they're in a position where they have to close their eyes and swing really hard and hope they hit the guy because their, their options are limited. And that it's, this is not as a defense as Daryl, there's 100% not of a defense of Daryl, but I look at this off season and I'm like, if so much depends on that hardened trade and you have to keep things sort of static to keep your options open, it really does fuck up your free agency situation. But then you think to yourself, well, he was the guy that traded for Harden and put themselves in that situation anyway. And a lot of yada, yada, but I, I, I can understand, I can understand this off season, not signing any of the guys that they wanted that we would have loved for them to sign for this or for that, because you have to wait to see what happens. I just think it's, this is this is what we've been heading toward for a few years now, and it is really disconcerting to see it happening in real life. Yeah, it sucks. Joel's still good, and he's healthy. And this is why when you traded for Harden, you expedited the the like how much mo- how much how much you can maneuver out of a straitjacket. Yeah. Um, instead of trading for a guy like Terry Halliburton who there's varying reports whether that trade was available or not. Um, yeah, I think who is at least young and developing and good and could have grown with Maxi to be that like second generation core with Embiid. He's obviously incredibly just got maxed out because he's, he's unbelievable. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about it because we ever, they're very clearly prioritizing cap space. They have not signed anyone to, a deal that exp- that is more than one year deal. They have they are presumably in a holding pattern with Bebel Paul because he probably wants some long term security, and the Sixers are not willing to this point to give him that. Um, on the books next season is Embiid, PJ Tucker. They haven't signed Maxi yet, and Jaden Springer. So that's what's on the books. Everybody else expires. So let's look at let's look at the free agents. Here we go. Thirty-five-year-old Clay Thompson. You mean next year? Next, next year's year. free agents. Next year's free agent. Thirty-five-year-old Clay Thompson. James Harden. 
Could be interesting if they signed him. Yeah, I don't know if he could really, really Tobias Harris being a point guard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Tobias might help here. Pascal Siakam would be interesting because he's from the same place as Joel. Uh, would be a weird, similar to Tobias. He fit with PJ Tucker. Uh, although who knows if he's here. Um, who knows what his relationship was like with Nick Nurse? I don't know. Okay. Gordon Hayward. Excited. Kyle Lowry. 39 years old. Thrilling. DeMar DeRozan, who Daryl doesn't want. Jalen Brown. That's like, that's, that's the best. That's the best guy is Jalen Brown. Uh, as far as unrestricted free agents go. Jalen Brown is, is your option. Now, Mike, I, Mike Conley, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, Gary Trent, although he just resigned. Markel, Marcus Morris, Valen Shunis, Malik Beasley, Tyus Jones, Josh Hart, Kelly Olenek, Covington, Batum, Talon Horton Tucker. Like these aren't like game changing names. The, the one that could be, or the ones that could be, are player options for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And so then you get to, okay, is the negotiation between the Sixers and Clippers because the Clippers want Harden. The Sixers don't want to trade Harden to them for role player slop. Is the negotiations like, hey, just give us, just give us Paul George. You're not going to sign him next year anyway. And they're like, well, just give us James Harden. You aren't. So that's a fun stalemate. But if the, if the, if the guy is Paul George, who will, will be older next year is, you know, injury prone and older and is going to be 34 or whatever. Like if that's the, that's the best, that's like the best option. I'm just not, it's just the free agent stuff and the cap space stuff to me is a, so many things could happen. Guys could resign with them. The, the team that they are, they're, they're already on. Uh, especially if they're good, that usually happens. They could get that much money and then you have to trade for them again. And so then what are you trading for that person if you don't have money to, or contracts to match to trade for them? Or they could like, it's another, it's a year that you're waiting for somebody else that could get hurt, that could get worse, that well, whatever. It, like Maxi and Joel are here right now and they are good. And it's just to essentially what really to me feels very much like punting on this season and going, let's run it back, and we'll just bring a bunch of James's friends here, and we'll bring Joel's friend Mo, and maybe maybe Nick Nurse is just such a better coach than Doc that something different can happen. But it's just, on a personnel level, I really, really do not see it. I would be so, so surprised if anything was anything different happened this season. Well, maybe uh, two things. And... and uh... So the first thing is, and we don't need to belabor this because it includes tons of things that we don't know, is that having cap space doesn't just create flexibility with free agents. It does create flexibility if a player wants out somewhere and it makes things a little bit easier to take somebody into cap space rather than having to make sure that the, the trade is possible. It does but create that a more- if they're that good, they're going to want something back. Well, yeah, I, I'm just saying, right, but but... And we have salaries to match now. Like if they just want to buy us in picks or something, like we have that. I don't, I don't, I don't fundamentally see cap space as, as better than an expiring contract of which we have one big one now that we could use. Well, sure it is. I mean, if, if you can take somebody into cap space, then you don't have to, they don't have to take that money back. Like you only need the room if 
if you're at the cap. I mean, like if, if, if I'm I'm not arguing that this is likely, I guess what I'm saying is if just for example, just because he's a name that we both know, if Damian Lillard wanted to come here, we do not have to send the the Blazers $45 million in contracts to get Damian Lillard. If we had cap space, like we don't have to do that. So, so it does create more flexibility. Is, is that still true in the new CBA? That's something I do not know. So I think there are some restrictions on teams that hit the second apron that they, they, that the the matching has to be closer to a hundred percent, but that's if you're at the cap. If we have, the, there's there's nothing that is saying, and I, that I'm willing to be corrected on this, but there is nothing that is saying that that if the Blazers are over the cap and the Sixers are way under the cap, that the Sixers can't just take back more money than the Blazers do if it fits under the cap. That that aside, let me jump to the the second thing, in that, and and you're right by the way, and by the way, like. The, the waiting for a free agent thing is a foolhardy thing anyway. Free yeah. agents, like how many times have the Kings and the Mavs and the Knicks done sure. stuff like that and not ended up with the players that they had on a whiteboard where they can go like, we could get all these guys, any of these guys, and then they don't get them. Because the truth is, is that players, when they have an option, want to go to either California, Florida, or maybe New York. Like those are the like three cities that anybody wants to sign in anyway. Um, the The thing about though this year about punning on it and so on and so forth. And maybe you're, you're not saying what I'm saying that you're saying. I don't know what else they could have done. Like he didn't sign Harden. And again, I'm, I'm not approving of what they've done. I am in the exact same place with you, exact same as to their outlook for this year, a hundred percent and outlook moving forward. We are completely simpatico. I think my only thing is the people who are being specifically critical of Maury and what they're doing, I don't think they had very many options this this. Summer. But they, but but he is part of the reason why they don't have those options. I know, like, but 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 like, but but again, I and I, I I don't want to do this by because when I do this, I feel like I'm making excuses. I'm trying not to. But when Ben Simmons decides he is not going to play basketball, he is a. 40, $35 million, $40 million a year with four more years. Nobody even knows if he's going to play ever again, decides he's not going to play at that moment. They're fucking really limited. And yes, we can say they could have made the trade for Ty- Tyrese Halliburton for sure. But a, we don't know that that was available. And I think both you and I, it has been suggested to us that the, that the, that the, um, that the thought that he was on the table is, is maybe not true. You know, like we have heard that of course, everybody, when, when something doesn't happen, everyone has a different story about what happened, but putting Tyrese Halliburton to the side. Yes. If he was available, there was a huge miss. We were both on board with them trading for Ben Simmons for Harden and for what it's worth. For sure. Yeah. They won that trade. Obviously they won the trade. Yes. And for what it's worth, we don't know of, literally any other reasonable trade they could have made. And then when they signed Harden, now I would posit that again, they were probably in a fucked up situation again, because remember James Harden for this past season could have opted into $40 million could have. And, and when, when Maury re-signed him, everybody said, and I, I, I do think that Everybody always oh, signed below market value. I don't think it was below market value, but signed below market value. This is a good contract. It's only two years and blah, 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 blah. So 
I, I like I don't know what else the fucking guy could have done. I, I tr- aside from ty- trading for ty- Tyrese Halliburton, I I don't know what he could have done. And t- Tobias Harris is just fucking sitting there, and and nobody wants to trade Tobias Harris for nothing. Nobody does. Nobody's been willing to do that. Now, few people have, but nobody's been willing to just say, hey, trade him for expirings. I don't care. Fucking cut him. Nobody wants to do that. So nobody wants to trade Tobias Harris for nothing. Ben Simmons had no value aside from James Harden, who specifically, by the way, wanted to come here, which is part of why that made that even possible. I, like, I, I, I don't know what else he could have done. I just don't know what else he could have done. I think that there was a lack of a lack of creativity and a lack of like winning stuff. Like Matisse has got th- three years, 33 million on the, on the market. Like that's you and I both agree. That's too much money. I wouldn't have given him that contract. Wouldn't be excited to have Matisse at that contract here. But when he was about to expire, instead of trading him the off season before for something, they swapped him for a guy who got a significantly worse deal in free agency because he has, in Jalen McDaniels, who has no elite NBA skill right now. And they got like a 2029 20, second for it. And I would have rather had the 34th pick in the draft. They they're they're gonna talk about how like they got two second rounders and it's better than one, but I'd rather have the one when it's a higher second round pick than the ones that we're getting in, in the future. And to just go like to you already knew this is just one example. You already knew Doc wasn't playing Matisse. Doc didn't trust Matisse. He wasn't going to do it. So to go into that season with him where he's in and out of the rotation and lowering his value to the point where he goes from like all defense to out of, out of the rotation for a majority of the season and then traded for a guy with a pick that also falls out of the thing. There's just a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff. Obviously that coaching staff is now gone, but the Isaiah Joe thing, the Charles Bassey thing, Champagne we just talked about. Like these are guys where if they would, had made the roster and had played a little bit or had just stuck around instead of these like pointless, dying, plotting bigs that will not help that no one wants at all, then you could go like we can sweeten some stuff. We can have we can it can be like here's a first round pick. This guy's basically a first round pick. Like that kind of stuff allows you to have more to trade. Whereas right now it is. Jaden Springer, who's playing, let's be charitable, up and down basketball in his third summer league. Like, there's not much to trade because they keep letting shit go. And so when you do that and you're prioritizing winning now and you had to trade the pick to get to get off of Horford, you had to trade the pick to get off of Josh Richardson, whatever. But like, those that stuff adds up and we keep not winning the stuff. And now he, you go like, rightfully so, there's limited options, totally. There's totally limited options, but the idea, whether it's posturing or whether it's real going into this season with the same team as last year is pathetic to let these guys walk and not replace them with younger athletic players. After you saw this team get outworked out athletic out hustled, whatever in the playoffs is just, it's pathetic. And, and you're, I'm not saying it's like there were a bunch of easy situations right now, this off season, independent of the past. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like you're getting paid a lot of money to be creative and figure it out. And this is not the answer. Uh, I guess I, 
I, I, I guess what I say is that like, that's sort of like saying, and, and by the way, you, you mentioned a disconnect between the coaching staff and the front office. And I agree, but again, to, he didn't hire the coach. Yeah. I mean, I blame the owners also. This is everybody. Yeah. This isn't yeah, just the, I, like, let's talk about Daryl specifically. This is sure. Elton. This is the owners. Like this is the coaching staff, yeah. like a hundred, the Sixers as an organization. Yes, that I a hundred percent agree with that. And, but they've, but I, I think, I, I think that just goes back to the point of we are seeing this off season, the result of all of those fuck ups, I think. And I think it is less about, I, I think I put you in a, an impossible situation in saying, well, what has Daryl done? Because the answer is probably not a lot. Like even if the poorly, I, I think there are good moves in there too, obviously. Yes, they could have traded Matisse Thibault earlier, but like it's sort of split on how good anybody thought he was. I think some people didn't think he was very good and some people thought he was great. So I, but again, it I takes, have, it takes one team. Well, right. It takes in this one case, team. It took, it took two in this case, because one team signed to the contract and the other team matched it. Right. But we traded f- with that team. Like, like, and Dallas wasn't going to trade with us. So no, I know. I'm saying, trade, I'm yeah. saying, I'm saying that there was no Matisse deal at that time. That because you're going into it, there's two months until you have to sign the guy. That was a valuable thing. But I'm saying if you knew that you had a coach that didn't believe in him and you guys were sim- simpatico and going together, like we got to trade him before his value is nothing. Because there was a time when that was the case. And it just seems like over and over again, guys walk or guys get traded at the lowest point of their value that results in us losing trades. Sure. And now you look around and you go, what do we have to trade? What can you do? And it's like, we could have done a better job about being proactive and getting higher value earlier. The Celtics, who I hate, just got two first round picks for Marcus, for trading Mark and Porzingis for Marcus Smart. Like, and they're get they're like stacking second round picks, which sometimes I would like them to, you know, if I was a Celtics fan, there were, there are guys I would rather have than trading for Celtic picks in the future. But like they have a load of picks despite the fact that they are ostensibly all in. And the Sixers just don't. They're, they're not winning these trades and they're, and other good teams. The Grizzlies are another one uh, that you can collect pieces for the future. That can be very helpful. The Nuggets obviously did it on a high level while you're still contending now. And the Sixers are just at a place where they keep burying themselves deeper into a hole. And now they have nothing to trade. And you say, like, my hands are tied. I have no moves. Organizational failure from multiple regimes. Yes, for, certainly for multiple regimes. And it has put them in the, the we can only say it so many times, the death by a thousand cuts, but it has put them in a situation where they are, um, they're in a, they might not have any moves left, right? Um, so. I would like to talk about, you know, for our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, I want to talk about the rookie of the year odds, especially after Wemby's performance yesterday. You think right the now Sixers Wemby, draft pick is going to win it? Uh, well, let me see. Oh, wait. I don't think so, Mike. There mm. are no draft picks. Off yeah. the board. Off Interesting. the board. Yeah, I'm going even to the, there's, there are, you know, Jaime Jaquez is plus 10,000. You're but, not a real Sixers fan unless you're, Betting Azulas Tabellas to win rookie of the year. <laughs> Wemby is minus two hundred. Scoot Henderson is plus three fifty. 
uh, Chet Holmgren plus 450, Brandon Miller plus 1,000, Amon Thompson plus 1,800. After what I watched yesterday, I would put, and especially because he's going to get the ball every single fucking possession, and assuming Damian Lillard is not there, I would put, I think Scoot Henderson is better value at plus 350 than Wemby is at minus 200. Oh, 100%. I, I don't think they're going to play Weminyama enough games for that to happen. Hmm. I would yeah, say we, I love Amon Thompson. I hope hopefully he's okay. He he got hurt in that game. He's so fucking cool. Um, Scoot Henderson, he's incredible. Well, I was saying Amen. I think Scoot's oh, awesome. Amen. Also, oh, Amen's great I'm, too. I'm, I'm I'm he's just like such a special player to watch on the court. He's just like imagine he's not a good as good of a shooter as Shea. Although Shea wasn't that that good of a shooter coming out, um, and he's just gotten way better at that. But like imagine if Shea was also like just he moved weird, but also was like crazy athletic. He's just such a bizarre player to watch. He's unbelievable. Um, who else? Who else? I mean, Chad is an interesting bet. Yeah. Um, these are all the DraftKings, by the way, on a good team. Yeah. There's, these are they, those are. Yeah. There's actually a Wemby section in the DraftKings app. Let me actually thirty five over under thirty five regular season wins for the Spurs. I would say. Um, I think that they could easily get over if they wanted to, and I think that they don't. So okay. I would say under. That is plus one ninety. Um. I would say the odds of him getting hurt and then being like extremely careful and then just like them not trying to trade for anybody that makes them good right now. I think they're really, really going to slow play it. Although I do think they should get Dame. uh, And then Wembenyama, they have plus 185 to average 20 points and two blocks. He ain't averaging 20 points, I don't think. By the way, what do you think? Plus 185, Wembenyama to average 20 points per game and two blocks per game. Um, I'm trying. He did. He definitely looked bad. In this first game of summer league, he's better than that. Obviously, um, he's definitely going to average over two blocks. I think that's a pretty safe yeah. bet. Yeah, um, twenty will be tough, but I'll say I'll say yes. I'll say that who bounces back from from that level game. I think he does it in like I don't know forty three games or something. But yeah, um, the but thing yeah, that's like low twenties. Yeah, the thing that struck me was that he. And you can bet these all at DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code RTRS. We'll get to more of that in a second. The thing that struck me is he's going to have to become like a really good shooter, which I assume he will. And the, the, the other thing is, while it is really cool to watch a guy his size be able to handle the ball like that, it's not like realistic in the NBA because you're just, you're too big. And it's a nice asset to have, but it, you, it's pretty easy to get picked when you're that tall and you're dribbling that much he is a really good passer too he does like you, you could tell how skilled he is but it is definitely does not feel like a finished product 20 points per game seems like a lot to me. yeah he looked look i wouldn't bet i wouldn't bet this on DraftKings uh for rookie of the year but he's with nba spacing not summer league spacing and summer league uh lack of discipline in in his teammates uh He'll be better in the NBA for sure, and his conditioning was bad. He looks he looks slow. Like he's he's not he's a better player than how he looked yesterday for sure. Him getting dunked on was fun. that was pretty cool. Kai Jones. Yeah, was, I mean, he's yeah, gonna get he's gonna get bodied over the course of his. I mean, he's definitely oh, yeah. like stronger than his like frame looks. Yeah, but uh, but he's definitely gonna get bodied over the course of the season. That happens to everybody, especially guys that are as you know as tall and thin as he is. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code RTRS. New customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets instantly just for betting $5 on anything. Just 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code RTRS. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got to be 21C. Show notes for details. Um, man, I feel like sick talking about the white party at this point. Can we really quickly uh, just look at the free agents available still before we get to the, the white party well, that's going to make me kill? Well, well, didn't you didn't you just do that? I mean, no, no, no. That was next year. I'm saying like oh, guys okay. that are still available. Oh, now. yeah, 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 for sure, 100. Because the rotation right. is not set. The, obviously, the starters right now. This, assuming everybody stays, assuming Harden stays, assuming Tobias stays, maybe that's wrong. Do you think Harden is staying? And do you think Tobias is staying? If you if you had a bet, do you think it is more or less more than more likely than not that Harden is here, or more likely than not than Tobias is here? If I had to bet, I would take the stack of bills and <laughs> shove them so deep into my eye that. I, it penetrates the back of my skull. That's if I had to bet, I would do that. Um, okay, okay. So the five, the five stars are the five starters. Put in DeAnthony Melton as the sixth guy. I, let's assume Dan House is there right now. Bebo Paul or Mo Bamba, whatever. There's still like rotation spots available because I don't think Pat Beverly is a lock to get like 15 to 20 minutes of the game. I don't think Springer obviously is a lock to be in the rotation at the start of the season. Korkmaz is still here. God bless him. Um, and we'll see is about, he, is he like 26? He's, yeah, he's, he's young. It's still, but it feels, oh, yeah. it feels like he's not, I want him to go somewhere else and, and play. Um, and then I hope, if Trez is in the rotation, I'm just going to goddamn set myself on fire. But so there's the available free agents are like Javante green, who is like a, like a athletic two through four defender kind of thing. Um, sort of a jackknife type of guy. I'd be interested in that. Trenton Watford is a young guy that Portland got rid of. He's a good player. Would you want Bull Bull? Yes. Um, he he I, cleared I waivers. Would. I would. That'd be fun. Having like having Bull Bull and Mo Bamba on the same team with Embiid would be fun. Would you want Bull Bull? Sure. Why not? There's no yeah. reason not to. Yeah. He's. I mean, he, he's capable of making plays. He seems like he's not quite a winning player yet, but he's young and talented. Um. I would very much like Derek Jones Jr. Absolutely would like Derek Jones Jr. Athletic from Philadelphia. Um, wing has become a better shooter. Like can defend. He's a really he'd be great as like the eighth or ninth guy on this team. I would be very happy about that. I'm intrigued as to what Io Desunmu's free agent contract is going to look like. He hasn't signed anywhere yet. He's still young, combo guard can handle can pass can shoot a little bit like he's not special but he's usually this guy doesn't usually just walk um so i'm interested to see where he ends up um anthony lamb i like as a wing he's still in the league anthony lamb you're thinking of jeremy lamb oh right okay anthony lamb went to vermont is kind of a big (laughs) sort of like a like a husky four played for the Warriors and shot well off movement and defend a little bit, fell out of the rotation because he's not that athletic, but he, he plays hard and uh, he could shoot a little bit. Would be, it would be a fine Niang type replacement. Um, Howell Neto, Sixers Adams, Howell Neto, maybe in a, believe in Howell Neto. He, he does. does. If we weren't already so slow, I would be happy to have Danny Green back, but we're so slow already. And the idea of getting even slower with arguably the slowest player in the league uh, would really send me over the edge. You know, Juan Toscano Anderson has some athleticism and, and switchability. Jalen Noel can score if we if we can t- get him from 
Minnesota and just basically replace Shake with with Noel. He's a little bit more of like a a pure scorer shooter type. Um, not much passing. I mean, and then like a, I would take a swing on some third draft. It's like second, usually say second draft, but these guys are more like third draft guys, like Romeo Langford or Kevin Knox or Dylan Windler. Like Kevin Knox, guys. Kevin Knox, and Dylan. Well, I haven't watched any of Dylan Windler since he hasn't for, played much. Yeah, so but miss. Kevin Knox, I. I refuse to believe he can't be a rotation NBA player. He's been very bad, but he's certainly athletic. He certainly has the body for it. Like sometimes guys don't figure it out until they're 25, 26. Usually those guys have to go play overseas. Like Dante Exum went to play overseas, apparently played very well. Now he's back. And if we can, it just would be so nice to steal a guy who is like, oh, their, their career's over because they got drafted when they were 19 and they played for two or three different teams behind, like when they were logged down behind somebody else and they just didn't figure it out. They had a couple of bad summer leagues or whatever it is. And they just became a rotation player for us. And like the upside all of a sudden was back. It'd be nice if that happened here. So those, and I know that like usually those guys, those teams happen on like tanking teams, right? With like process Sixers that they re- rehabilitated some guys. Roden was one of those guys. Um, I'd be, it would be nice if, they filled the back of their roster with some actually intriguing pieces rather than uh, the guy we spent 45 minutes on this podcast already talking about. There's actually one guy that you didn't bring up that I thought you would bring up who is a free agent. Do you want to, you want to try to guess or no? Uh, I just, no, I don't even, I don't have it in front. I just wrote some names down who we got. I'm surprised you have not brought up the name Christian Wood. (laughs) (laughs) I love Christian Wood. Uh, I'm assuming he's way over our budget and, uh, obviously process six are obviously on the shirt. Um, really interested to see where he goes, but I don't think he's a, a great fit here. So we have a couple of other things to get to here. I want to make sure we get to the Pat Bev thing because you're in such a mood. I, I feel like I would be not doing the right thing for the audience. If we didn't at least play the one Pat Bev thing, it is it is for the audience, it is for me. We have one voicemail about Joel Embiid that I would like to get to. And we have just a couple of Coach Mike questions if you're willing to feel them. Great. So Pat Bev, we're going to have to, like I've decided, and I'm, I'm saying this now so everyone can go back to it. I'm going to be biased in a positive way about Pat Bev because I think he's funny and I want him to come on the podcast. And like, I've, I've always been pro him as a player. Generally, I do think he's probably cooked, but the podcast is very funny. Watching him on the podcast is funny. I think he will be funny to be on the Sixers. So I am rarely going to criticize Pat Bev in general. So I want to, I want to make that clear. So Pat Bev. And he's here for on a one-year minimum deal and you know what he does. And it's ultimately not his fault if he's not, you know, 25 years old. Yes. No, no, he, he can't be 25 years old. So there was, so he told a story about Doc Rivers. I think this clip is about a minute and a half. So this is on the Pat Bev pod. This is Patrick Beverly talking about talking to Doc Rivers, CJ, play that. So, you know, me before I like to make any like life decision, I'm like, I hit Doc. You know, obviously, you know, Doc is mentor. Doc is damn near father figure. Doc is, feel me, 
doctors, any everything. I need something. I need an answer. I need help. I hit dot. Hit dot. Hit dot. Um, I might go to Philly. You know, obviously, he was there. How do you like the situation? Now, obviously, man, this is a Hall of Fame coach that just got fired. His response, exact words. I love Philadelphia for you. They need you. You will be great with Joel. James, he respects you. You will be great with him. If I had you last season, we would have been a different team. Shout out Doc Rivers too, baby. Smart man. So shout out Doc. Exact words. Damn. Once Doc, once Doc gave me the green, I called my agent back because my agent like, man, give me the end of the day. I'm going to talk to some more teams. You feel me? Like, uh, I'm going to talk to Boston again. I'm going to talk to Washington. But when Doc gave me the green, I fuck it. Like, I trust Doc. You know, like, he's there. He don't have anything, no grudges. Like, he could have been a bitter coach. No, don't go there, blah, 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 blah. No. He, Philly would be great for you. I'm done. Doc said it's going to be done. I did it. Hmm. Now, Mike, the, the one thing I would like your feedback in there for it, because actually you could say that the Sixers do need somebody like Patrick Beverly. It is true that James Harden does like him. We need as many James Harden guys on the roster as possible, especially after he's requested a trade. But the yeah. thing that I want your comment on is Pat said that Doc said the situation would have been different yeah. had he had access to somebody like Patrick Beverly on the yeah. roster. What is your reaction to that? It's look, I, I respect that, that he would, he, it could have been worse, right? The Pat Bev going to Philly and he, you know, I'm sure if doc went on a podcast and talked about this, he himself would say worse things. Uh -huh. And Pat is probably doing his guy a favor yep. by not saying all of the stuff he said. But the little kernel of it would have been different if I had you <laughs> is is a real is a real docism is a perfect a perfect doc distillation of it wasn't my fault it's never my fault we just we're just one old guy oh I've heard of away from winning a championship <laughs> at all times that's all we need just one more super old guy who look Pepe wasn't really good last season. And hopefully his the number the, his shooting comes back and in a small role he can be helpful and I, and I I feel that in in both a way of like I, I I like him as a a player I like the energy and also would love to have him on the podcast so I'm 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 also pro Pat Bev generally and and in this specific instance um, but man Doc is just never going to stop telling other people why things weren't his fault he's just <laughs> never going to stop doing it and if he gets and if, if he gets the Jeff Van Gundy broadcast spot for ESPN and is doing Doug Collins uh, ear stabbing to me uh, on every national game, uh, he's going to keep doing it. He's, gonna, he's not going to stop. He's not going to stop. So we have one more Pat Bev clip about where he's going to live. We will play that right after we talk about the official jeweler of the process, the first sponsor of the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Now, L.L. is on vacation until Monday. So if you send an email or send a tweet, it may not be re received until Monday, but I can promise you this. If you want to get an engagement ring like over 330 Rights Ricky Sanchez listeners have done from L.L., you reach out to him and you have an appointment. 
you are going to be fucking pleased with the result. You're going to be pleased with the service. You're going to ple be pleased with the product. You're going to be pleased with the price. You're going to be treated with respect. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Actually, Mike, LL News. Do you remember Alan and Chandler who got engaged at the lottery party with the LL ring? Do you remember that entire thing? Of course. So Alan and Chandler ended up not getting married. Mm -hmm. um, however, I would like to congratulate Chandler, who is engaged and will wed in January. So all is well that ends well. I don't think it was an LL ring. What can you do? She lives in Florida. It's okay. But I'd like mm. to congratulate Chandler. Don't Sham lose. engagement. Well, who knows what happened? I don't know what happened. I like they. It seemed like they were clearly dating. Maybe they weren't ready to get married. I don't want to delve too deep into their personal life, even though the fact that they got engaged at our lottery party, I think, means that I'm given a little bit of a license to delve into their personal life, but whatever. Uh, LL, we love... If you're getting engaged, you got to reach out to LL, 215-627-2252, Lee at LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Um, also, you can tweet them at LL. LL also uh, supports our charities, Mama T's Community Fridge, Providence Animal Center, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. He's on vacation. Where's he on vacation? In a cabana. That's right. hey oh All right. Oh. Got a little breaking news. Oh, boy. B-Ball Paul, three-year deal with the Jazz, $24 million. Uh Restricted free agent B-Ball Paul. Are they going to match it? $24 million offer sheet. Is it a, it's an offer sheet, so they can match it. I'll put it in the chat. They can match it. Daryl, match the fucking offer sheet. I'm, didn't you, I think on the lot, at the lottery, we, or at the B-Ball Paul show, we said 8 million, million, I year. think. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was 10, but um, Daryl. B-Ball Paul. Sixers have until Sunday at 11.59 p.m. to match and retain Reed. And I'm sure that three-year 20... So Woj is saying three years 23. Shams is saying three years 24. Um, Woj calls him a forward, which is interesting. Uh, we haven't had breaking news on the podcast in a while. Yeah, it's been Sh a long time. Shams also saying, a.k.a. B-Ball Paul. is pretty good. Uh. Oh, he did say B-Ball Paul. Okay, Shams. He said I Paul Reed, that. a.k.a. B-Ball. Yeah, I'm saying that. Very good. Um, and I'm sure, just like the Matisse contract, they are signing, the contract that they're signing is like loaded with disincentives. Like a trade kicker and like whatever the fuck other stuff they put in there. To I don't care. You got to keep them. I don't care what's in there. No, I'm just I like ruin the franchise. You got to keep B-Ball Paul. He's our guy. I don't know. I don't know if this means that we'll wait to see what the people that actually know the reports are, but I don't think that can they still sign and trade him after being whatever. Oh, also we didn't talk about Dario going to golden state. Dario, Did it happen? Yeah. Did he? Okay. It happened. When you deal with the Warriors. One of the most sought-after players left on the market. Dario. God, God bless him. Uh, so, yeah. I'm assuming that they're not going to match. Three years, $24 million is extremely fair money for a good backup center that's still growing and a coach with any shred of willingness to try something out would at least give him a chance at the four, which we've been talking about. I've been talking about for years now. You got to keep um, I don't care. I would what love. Happens. I would love We're to keep him anyway. 
We're fucked anyway. You got to keep them. We're fucked anyway. You got to keep them. If they lose all these guys for nothing, like it's just a, it's just a hor- horrendous use of assets. Them, Harold being on the roster and B-Ball Paul not being on the roster, I can't take it. It's not fair to us. <sighs> you've been defending, you've been defending Daryl a, a lot more than I have for, I think, a while now. Would this, would this break you? Would this, would this make you go, go full anti? Would Daryl, would it be Daryl Colangelo for you from now on? It's going to be if really Paul, tough for me. If Paul walks? It, it's going to be really tough for me if he walks. It's going to be really tough for me. It's going to be really tough for me. Like, Mike, there, there have been so many players over the last decade that were weird and not good, and we kept saying, play him. He'll be good. And, you know, most times those players ended up not being good, and the Sixers, whether they played them or not, ended up not being good. I just I feel like we – we came to this one guy who was weird and we kept saying to play him and his nickname was basketball, which is funny. And he came on the podcast. He didn't want to be there. And then he forgot he was on the podcast at all. And that he was at the live show. I just, the fact that we rallied for this weird guy to play and be good and begrudgingly the coach that didn't want to play him yeah. played him and he was good and our, I know you weren't you you weren't on the pod for it because you were on your honeymoon. But the first playoff game of this season being the B ball Paul game, yeah. Oh my God, that can't be a real Woj. One of the terms of the offer sheet. This is Woj. One of the terms of the offer sheet provides a unique twist. The first season of the contract is fully guaranteed, and the two following become guaranteed. For $15.7 million, which is the rest of that contract, if Reed's team advances to the conference semifinals okay, in the 2023-24 season. Conference so finals. Basically, such so basically, error. it's an unguaranteed contract if the Sixers lose in the first round this season, this coming season. And if they get into the second round, which for five out of the last six years, they have happily done... Then it, then it becomes guaranteed for the next two. That's that is unique. I don't know why they would want that. I guess I guess for the Jazz they're saying, which is bizarre. It's more guaranteed for the Sixers than it is for the Jazz. It's basically. more guaranteed for the Sixers than it is for the Jazz. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because the Jazz aren't going to get probably to the playoffs. Definitely to the second round of the playoffs in the West. Um, but the Sixers might, or maybe they won't. He's got it. He needs to be back. This one's for us. I'm sorry, Daryl. You have been a, a friend of the pod, a hundred percent. But and I don't want to. I'm not. I I I don't want to compare situations. All I can say is that Brian Colangelo did draft two players that we wanted for us, and you have done absolutely nothing for us besides come on the podcast. You ha- we need this one. Wouldn't you? Agree? Yeah, I mean. The cap, the cap is going up. Three years, twenty three million is is really low. It's that is not a lot of money. They they can still have flexible cap, and they can trade this if if like all of Daryl's wildest dreams come true, and they get every guy that they want next off season. Having B ball Paul's at that point two year fifteen million dollar deal 
is not going to be prohibitive from doing anything. They can move that and it's going to go. The cap is going to go down. They can, it's, and at the very least they can trade him because he's like a young guy on a fair contract. They got to match this. They got to match. They got to match it. They really have to. They really, really have to. It is, uh, yeah. It'd be bad if they don't. It'd be it'd be really embarrassing if they let all four of their free agents walk. Really embarrassing, and then and then replace them with Pat Beverly, Mobamba, and Montrezl. That would all four. So are all four of their free agents if they walked? Niang, McDaniel's Shake, and and Bebo Paul. It'd be that'd be that'd be Blake. <sighs> this is crushing me. I I don't, I, I don't want to play the other clip from Patrick Beverly. Do you want to do the Coach Mike stuff? Do you want to wait till next time? Sure, sure. All right, let's do the Coach Mike stuff. Maybe there's oh other my God. reports that'll happen. They gotta. I'm, I'm just last thing. This one is for us. We we willed this into existence, Mike. We willed the B-ball Paul thing into existence. Yeah, he needs one, to be kept. One of the many guys that I have said this person, this young player, is better than this horrible veteran, or at least could be better than this horrible veteran. B-Ball Paul finally broke through. Doc unwillingly played him, probably to prove that he doesn't have it. And then he played well enough that eventually got there. Then he blamed Harden and all the other players for like not wanting B-Ball out there. He like he's just become a very good player, and this is a fair, a fair contract for a very good player uh, in the role that the Sixers have him in. Even if Nick Nurse doesn't think he'll ever play him at the four, which he should, because he's one of the only athletic players out there, even though. He doesn't catch lobs. He should catch lobs. Someone forced Paul to catch lobs. I don't know. You got to keep him. But it's Danny. It's Danny Ainge trying to fuck us from the grave, the grave of Utah. All right. So we got a few different Coach Mike voicemails. Now, of course, if you weren't listening to the last pod, you should go back in that um, Mike who was coach of Alyssa's basketball team ended up winning the championship over a team that had a ringer, um, a player that shouldn't have been allowed to play yeah. um, given the rules of the league. So yeah. we got a few, we got a few voicemails. Eight, three, three lick face is the voicemail number. And one by going box and one on her uh, All right. with, with Alyssa, with Alyssa. Cover, covering her as the one. Hey, it's Mike, Mike, and CJ, it's Pete. I, I just want to say something about that D1 college ringer who Alyssa guarded in Mike's team's championship game. That's just one of the lowest things you can do in sports. To play below your class and then lie about it, to like beat up on an inferior opponent, it's terrible. It happens in youth sports sometimes. I played in a men's league soccer league once with a D1 player, kept scoring all these goals. It was embarrassing. Um, I think your victory is not only an underdog story, but a true victory for all of sports. Way to go. Mike, your comment that it was your, your comment that it was maybe a true victory for all of sports. It did feel like a true victory for all of sports as we were doing it. Um, yeah, there were a couple girls on the team. Alyssa very much wants to, wants to grab a rule book and start to like point at it or something and, and have like a sort of, uh, um, What's the, why am I forgetting his name? Who's the, the old detective that I'm forgetting? Uh, I'm not Matlock. What's his fucking name? I'm forgetting. 
Sherlock Holmes? No, no, like the anyway. Um going and going like, aha, and here's why you're not allowed to play. Like to the rest (laughs) of the and and there were there was a time in the first game when 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 she had to like take a she had to take an earring off. Um it's Columbo. I'm seeing it in the chat. Columbo style. Um uh, she had to take an earring off and from across the court, some of the girls were like, she's not allowed to play. They, they found her out. They found out she's not allowed to play, but it was just an earring. So she took the earring off and kept playing. All right. We have a couple more. Um, 833 Lake Face. Hi, Mike. This is Jason from Jersey. I'm on. I don't really want to talk about the Sixers. We have a GM who is actively trolling either the fan base or his starting forward while being stuck in a state of paralysis by James Harden, who I personally would trade for a small handful of forks from Chipotle. The reason I'm calling, can Mike give us some more background on this women's basketball league he's coaching in? I've never heard of an organized adult women's basketball league that needs to have a coach, has time to practice, doesn't allow for good players to play in the league, and sounds like it's in the midst of a major cheating scandal that's going unanswered. Anyway, as always, TCP. He wants some background on the league. Uh, it was started at least in part by uh, the actress Aubrey Plaza um, because there wasn't oh, really? a, an adult uh, women's league in LA and people got together and, and started it. And it's been going for a number of years now. Uh, Alyssa joined her team a few years in already. Um, that was already established. Um, yeah. Plays in basically the same gyms that I play in the, there's the, there's the men's league and there's the women's league opposite from it. And most of the, teams in in their league have coaches or at least people that come in and just like sub people out and stuff um i don't and some of the teams you can definitely tell practice um we practice sometimes and yeah i'm not running i have a clipboard but i wasn't like running plays i had it in case we needed to do like a last second like uh draw something up which would have been funny to see if i could do it Assuming you co- you coach again, would you be willing to at least one time coach in a full suit? <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. Final uh, question. I didn't want to. Do, I should have done that for these playoffs, but I didn't want to uh, make it into a joke. If right, right, I right, needed right. to, I needed to win. <laughs> I really yeah. need. I really wanted to win that game. I didn't want to. Wasn't taking any chances. Okay. Uh, final one. I'm curious to know who's in charge of the Coach Mike Bell. I've noticed that it gets rung at various different times whenever it's brought up. In the last podcast, you didn't play it at all. It's very upsetting to me. That's my basketball question. Non-basketball question is, does this make me a spike guy? Hey, Spike and Mike. If CJ is the one responsible for the Coach Mike Bell, then you should fire him. I want to be clear that the Bell did not start as the Coach Mike Bell. It was the Mike playing basketball bell. And I would play it when Mike would mention something in, like he would talk about something with the Sixers and reference him playing basketball. So I don't know where the belief that it became the coach Mike Bell is. CJ, is your, do you remember it the same way? That's how I remember it. No, it's when I talk about, when I talk about me playing basketball, you started playing a bell. Yeah, yeah. So, and I just, I, I am in control of that. CJ is not in control of that, so he doesn't get fired for that. So I am in control of the Bell. I guess we can decide whether we want it to be the Coach Mike Bell or not, but I still like it, the Mike playing basketball Bell. Uh, okay, so this, another yeah. Woj report. Yep. If the Sixers match 
the offer sheet that Paul Reed signed with the Utah Jazz. They will exceed the luxury tax threshold and incur an additional $14 million in luxury tax penalties. Then B-Ball Paul would have veto power on a trade for a year if he remains with the Sixers. Yeah, restricted free agents do. I think I remember that from the... If you don't sign and trade him, I believe I remember from the, what's his name, DeAndre Ayton thing, that they couldn't trade him for a year after they re-signed him. Yeah. So this is a very, like, Danny Ainge looking Daryl in the eye and saying, fucking do something about it. Um, I don't think they're going to match. I think Josh Harris has to buy seven or eight more Philadelphia rival franchises, and he doesn't have the money. He doesn't have $14 million to sign B-Ball Paul. Have to keep him. I'm sorry. I, I, you know what? My, this is my pledge to Harris Blitzer, sports entertainment. If you re-sign B-Ball Paul so I can make sure that you have the money, if anybody asks me about the new arena, I will tell them I think it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> they just like aren't, yeah. I mean. I will. Do he doesn't, he's not going to have a, he's, he's not going to get traded next season, but then you can trade him in the, you can trade him next year at the draft. Or he expires if the team sucks, which they might. Or never trade him. Or never trade him because it's a fair fair deal. But if you had to, to get like, you know, some somebody really, you know, tent poly here, that's a, that's a very easily tradable contract. Either way, I'm extremely happy for B-Ball Paul. He got yeah. drafted 58th, I think it was. Um, He'll always be one of our guys. He's our fucking guy. He got paid. One of the many, many, many guys that we proclaimed as our guys who have gotten paid real NBA money despite either coaches that didn't like them or front offices that didn't like them or didn't believe in them. Like, it's a long list. But there's also a long list of people that didn't get paid NBA money that we believed in, and that's fine. But <laughs> you, throw, you throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and you see which wall is a b-ball wall. Uh... I don't think they're matching. And I'm not yeah. seeing it now. I just, I just feel like, I feel like they don't. Daryl doesn't value this position. Um, he he has some grand free agency plan next season based on how no one is under contract next year. Really, it's unpleasant. But I think, and I'm mostly, I'm not a Sixers fan. I'm a Bebo Paul should get a lot of money fan. He is yeah. out the mud. I wonder if he's still with all this money is going to sell sweatshirts. I bet he is. Oh, I will buy one, a purple and yellow one. Like a jazz colors one if he goes there. Yeah. Oh, so the, oh my God. Just imagining B-Ball Paul living in fucking Utah is the funniest thing. <laughs> he'd be great. He would love it there. Mountains <laughs> and shit. Beautiful hiking. Beautiful hiking. Utah, Orlando to Utah. Yeah. Yeah, the second round clause is very good. This is off a new back there, but like Jazz, the Jazz, just out of spite, Danny Ainge going challenging the Sixers to pay the luxury tax. They're not going to, because then there's a repeater tax that they don't want to do next season. This is they're not going to do it. They're not going to match. And this is why you just sign Paul yourself and don't fucking go let him get a deal somewhere else. This is why. You go it's sign him yourself great. instead of being like, hey, let's just, we'll just sit tight. We're doing other stuff. We're signing bad players to one year deals. 
Um, so you just go, you're a good player and you're young and getting better. Um, so yeah, you just go get a contract that we will then, um, not be able to sign because it's prohibitive for this, for the plans that we have. So yeah, this blows. I don't think they're going to sign him. I think they're, I think they want to keep the option of going into the tax, not this season, not this coming season, but the season after it. And I think that if this means that they have to pay it this year, then they won't do it. You know, people come up to me all the time. They're like, Spike, what do you think of that new arena? And I have no problem saying, I think that arena is a great idea. It will benefit the city culturally and financially. Just pay it, Josh. Just pay the tax. Keep B-Ball Paul. I don't want him to leave. He's so much fun. He's such a funny guy. But I'm happy he gets paid either way. Whether they keep him or they don't keep him, he gets paid either way. And one of the other reasons I hope they keep him is that it is more likely that he gets paid on the rest of the contract if he signs with the Sixers because it's more likely they get to the second round of the playoffs. All right. Uh, We will talk to you Wednesday night for the uh, Ricky 10-year anniversary show. A couple special guests lined up. Mike, I'm pulling some clips from some old rights to Ricky Sanchez podcasts that, as you have mentioned several times, are not on the internet anywhere, but I do have them, so we can play some old clips, so we'll do that Wednesday night. Oh, please keep read. We're going to find right. out in two days, and then the Wednesday, the 10-year podcast will be, hey, one of your favorite players who has been it's on gone. the podcast is gone. Yeah, yet another one. We can't have anybody at more any more live Rickies, I think. Yeah, I think Let, we're going to have Trez at the, the next live Ricky. We're going to have Trez. We're going to have Doc. Yeah, we're going to have Harden. Fucking Azulis Tabellis tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> we'll sign, lock it in. All the players we don't want to be here anymore. All right, we will talk to you on uh, Wednesday night. If you don't Are you done with TTP? Yeah. Then I won't fuck with I guess you know, like this. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing.